What an honor and joy we have to come together and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As one of the pastors here at Avondale Memorial Church, I'd like to welcome you as well as regular church members and visitors. But I'd like to take this opportunity to thank our uh, worship leaders, our choir director, those that have played piano, the organ, the orchestra, those that have worked tirelessly throughout the week to, to create this uh, a stage here for us this morning that we may all be blessed coming to the presence of God. You may not realize, but there is a lot of effort and work going behind the scenes. And I'd also like to thank our AV team. They're doing a, an amazing job, and we're very blessed uh, to have them service the Lord. And uh, I was personally excited to see the, the teen Sabbath school taking the welcome this morning. They did an amazing job, and thank you for organizing that, uh, Monique. The theme for us this morning has been be born in me, be born in us. And uh, before we carry on with uh, our message, I'd like us to bow our heads as we pray together. Loving Father, it is our joy and privilege to worship you this morning. I pray that your spirit will be our teacher, that our hearts will be comforted, encouraged, guided, and reminded that you never leave us nor forsake us. Reveal yourself to us. Use me as a servant, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'd like to share with you a story this morning about a young uh, girl by the name of Wilma Rudolph. I'm not sure if you've heard, maybe you have, you haven't. But Wilma Rudolph faced adversity from the very beginning. From when she was born prematurely, the 20th of 22 siblings in the, ten, in the same family, she weighed only 2 kilograms. By the age of four, she had already contracted double pneumonia, which means she had pneumonia in both lungs, and she also contracted polio, which left her with paralyzed left leg. By the time she was 12 years old, she also survived scarlet fever, whooping cough, chicken pox, and measles. What a life, huh? But Wilma's simple faith in God and determination did not allow her to give up. At age nine, she stunned her doctors when she removed the metal leg brace she had been dependent on, and she began to walk without it. By age 13, she developed a rhythmic walk, which surprised all the doctors, and everyone said, it's a miracle. And shortly after that, Wilma Rudolph decided to become out of all things, a runner. Fighting polio, Wilma decided to be a runner. Is that a good idea? It's a terrible idea, I would think. So she entered a race, and guess what? No, she came last. Of course she would come last. And she entered another race, and... She came last. And she entered another race and she came last. Still last. So, of course, friends came around and gave her the amazing advice, which was, Wilma, just give up. For goodness sake, just give up. So, Wilma Rudolph decided to enter another race and she came first. And she entered another race, and she came first. Every single race she entered from then on, she came 
first. True story. So in the 1960 summer Olympic Games, you've heard me right, Olympic Games in Rome, 1960, Wilma Rudolph became the first American woman to win three gold medals in a single Olympic session. When everyone around her told her to give up, her simple faith in God and determination said, I will not give up. Because the Bible says all things are possible to those who believe. Eventually, you know, the coverage around the Olympics went around the world and she became known as the Tornado. The French nicknamed her the Black Pearl, and the Italians called her the Black Gazelle. This little girl, who was told that she would never walk again, went on to be known as the fastest woman on earth. Do you believe in miracles? This is what Wilma said. When I was going through my transition of being famous, I tried to ask God, why was I here? Surely... You know, what was my purpose? Surely it wasn't just to win three gold medals. There has to be more to life than that. You see, her joy, her fulfillment, her satisfaction did not come fully from winning those three gold medals and making her a hero around the world. She wanted to follow God's plan. She knew she has a purpose. She experienced that miracle because all things are possible to those who believe. And the question is, what is the miracle that God wants you to experience today? Because Christmas, it's all about miracles. What is the miracle that God wants you to experience today? And before we talk about this miracle, I want to spend a bit of time uh, taking you to the Bible, sharing, you with, sharing with you another powerful miracle, and that is the miracle of incarnation. One of the most challenging teachings of Christianity is... The virgin birth of Jesus Christ. People like believers and non-believers, they look at Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 that says, And the virgin shall bear child. Like, how is that possible? And people are discussing, some are ignoring it completely. But believe it or not, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is essential to Christianity. It is essential to Christianity. And let's see what the Bible has to say about this story in Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, starting with verse 30. If you have your Bibles, uh, gadgets, phones, if you want to follow me, that's great. If not, you just listen. Uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, and I'll read verses 30 to 32, and then 34 to 35. We've got the angel Gabriel appearing before this young lady by the name of Mary. In verse 30, this is what it says. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name the sweetest name on earth, Jesus and he will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. I mean, this was the polite way of Mary saying, look angel, I'm a young virgin lady. I have never slept with a man. It is biologically impossible for me to be pregnant. 
That's me paraphrasing it, right? And the angel answered and said to her, verse 35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. As we look at this story, we see that Mary is is surprised. Her own reaction shows the purity and innocence of her heart. Like, how can I be pregnant? But the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And then in verse 37, it says, nothing is impossible with God. You see, the virgin birth of Jesus Christ is attested by many witnesses. You have Matthew, the gospel writer. You've got Dr. Luke. You've got the priest, Zacharias, his wife, Elizabeth. You've got Mary. And then you have Joseph. The same angel went to Joseph and said, Joseph, do not be afraid in taking Mary as a wife because she is pregnant from the Holy Spirit. She wasn't naughty. Don't be afraid. This is attested by the early church fathers. is attested by Jesus Christ himself when he, be, when he declared to be the Messiah. Question is, what are the implications of believing and accepting that the birth of Jesus was from a virgin young lady? The virgin birth of Jesus is absolutely essential to the Christian faith. For if Jesus was not born of a virgin, he could not have provided his seven essential truths. Truth number one, he fulfilled prophecy. Which declared everyone, and 2,000 years later, Christianity is talking as him being the Messiah, the one who fulfilled prophecy. It confirmed him as being God in human flesh, deity kinsman redeemer while he was still god he was related he was blood relative of humanity because he had to be a second adam to redeem us from this cursed world he was the perfect sacrifice without any sin without any blemish number five he provided salvation jesus on the cross was in fact god on the cross redeeming humanity it wasn't just a human being or an angel dying on the cross Eternal hope, because Jesus was God on earth, He could give all of us eternal hope. And finally, it helps us to have trust in the Bible. Because if Jesus' origin is a lie, then you can grab this book and throw it away. But if Jesus' origin is a truth, then you need to hold on to this book. Because it's going to impact your life. Your life. You may have trouble understanding the house of this virgin birth. But as angel Gabriel said in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So what is God's dream for you and me? What is the miracle that God wants to perform in your life? And what is their link with the virgin birth? In 1535, Martin Luther said this, Dearest child, dearest Jesus, holy child, make thee a bed soft undefiled within my heart that it may be a quiet chamber kept for thee what was martin's prayer for jesus to be born where in his own life in his heart corrie ten boom some of you might know this lady she wrote if jesus was if jesus was born 1000 times in bethlehem and not in me then I will still be 
lost. And you know what's fascinating is that this whole idea of Jesus being born in us is highlighted all throughout the Scriptures. And I want to take you through a couple of verses before we wrap up this morning. And uh, I've got Colossians 1.27. If you want to follow uh, this passage with me in your Bibles, that would be great. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 27, this is one of the first passages Paul uses this metaphor of having Christ in your own life. And the, the language he's using here is the language of mystery. Colossians 1, 27 says this, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Now question is, what is the mystery of this mystery among the Gentiles. So Paul is saying, we are going through this world, the Gentiles are surrounding us, as they look at us, they see a mystery. And then he goes on explaining, which is what? What is this mystery that Paul is talking about? Christ in you, the hope of glory. As Christians, we've got a number of mysteries. God coming on earth is a mystery. His birth is a mystery. His death, resurrection, ascension to heaven is a mystery. Baptism is a mystery. The Lord's Supper is a mystery. But Paul is saying out of all the mysteries, the greatest mystery is Christ in you, which is observed by humanity that surrounds you. And he explains this idea in, a, in a, one of his letters in Galatians chapter 4, 19. And I love the language that he's using here. And I tell you what, Paul is quite courageous. He's using a metaphor that he himself has never actually experienced that. The metaphor of being pregnant and giving birth. Isn't that great for a man to talk about pregnancy and giving birth? How dare he? Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. My little children. So he's writing to this church in Galatia, whom he loves. He cares for them. He desires their best. He wants to see them committed and submitted to God. He wants to see them saved. He wants to see them walking with God on a, on a regular basis. And he calls them my little children because in a way, he raised them in faith. My little children for whom, you love that language, for whom I labor in birth. So the metaphor that Paul is using here is like, my journey with you hasn't been an easy one, just like the pregnancy. Hasn't been an easy one. The delivery of the child hasn't been an easy one. But what is he saying? How is he laboring? He's teaching, he's correcting, he's rebuking, and above all, Paul is praying for the Galatians. And what's his prayer? What is Paul's prayer for the entire church? I labor in birth again until what? Christ is formed in you. Do you understand the depthness of these words? Christ is formed. Is formed in you. Because the question is this. Who do people see when they look at you? Who do people see when they look at you? I believe that God's dream for you and for me is this. For Christ's life to become visible in your life. So that when people look at you, they will no longer see you, but they will see Jesus Christ. This was Paul's prayer for his church. And I believe... It was his prayer for all the believers. 
that Christ will be formed in us. And I want to come close to the end. Galatians 2.20. Paul gives us the understanding of how this is possible. This is the last verse. And we're done. Paul explains how it's possible for Jesus to be born, to be formed in you. In Galatians chapter 2.20, he said, I have been crucified. Which means what? He is no longer alive. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the essence of Christianity. It's not about the things you know. It's not so much about the things you do. The transformation does not come from us. The transformation comes solely from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. When you get to a point and you say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Can you imagine a church of 400 people waking up every morning and say, Today, Lord, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me? The reason why couples and marriages have problems is because self is not dead yet. The reason why churches have still, have still have problems is because self is not dead yet. The reason why the mission is not really advancing because we are seeking pleasure above the will of God. The reason, the, the reason why church in the Western world is not growing like in other parts of the world is because we are, have become to some extent like the world around us. And all that God is asking is not for me to force, to, it's not for me to, to, to try to do something. To struggle, but all I have to do is to submit. And on a daily basis, is to pray, Lord, be born in me. Be formed in me. Can you imagine a church where the fruit of the Spirit are displayed in everyone's life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. A family where all of these are present. Wouldn't that be great? As a pastor of this church, I do not have any Christmas wishes. Isn't that great? But I do have a Christmas prayer. That Christ may be born in every single heart today. 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 Which will have to be a daily Decision. Question is, how can this be possible? As Angel Gabriel said to Mary, I say to you today, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He will overshadow you. And He will form Christ within you. Because with, Christ, with God, nothing will be impossible. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Amen.